I wish I can do like a part 10, part 10. I will see grace in Jesus' name. Then you can somehow I just feel all people to need to we don't need to hear new things. If this is all we need to hear, and we are moving forward, gaining territory, gaining ground, then so let it be. Amen. But today we are looking at courage based in fear. And I woke up with this picture in my heart. It wasn't supposed to feature in my message at all. But I woke up with this picture in my heart as a that was the Lord woke me up with. And that's why I don't doubt that there are people in here that this is what you are saying. And the Lord is saying to you, you need to learn to be courageous, like David was courageous. And so very quickly, it's not part of the message, but it's not part of the message now. We're going to look a bit at David. And I want you to appreciate the place of courage. I want you to appreciate what courage can do. I want you to know that courage is not a one-time thing. Courage is, if you become courageous, it can give birth to multiple courage. Amen. It can give birth, it can help you to, uh, to accomplish more. It can help you to conquer land, gain territory, if you learn and you master it well. David was afraid. He did not deny his fear. He did not deny the challenges that he had. But he knew how to follow courage in spite of his situation. Amen. Father, this morning we bless you. We thank you because you are here. Thank you for sending, especially this psalm, to speak to our hearts here. Lord, thank you for you are encouraging us to take a look at the life, life of David and to learn from him. Lord, we receive everything that you want to teach us today in Jesus' name. We declare, oh God, I know as your word comes, faith is rising, courage is rising in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive your help as your word comes today. I ask that you will tear off hearts. I ask that you will cause every man, every woman to hear everything that you want to say. Let nothing that you don't want there, don't let it come out of my mouth. But let everything that comes, let it tear off people. Let it encourage people. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, please flip with me to Psalm 92. Psalm 92, and then after this, we take a just a bit at the latter edge of David. Psalm 92, this is a psalm that describes you, um, and the latter part of it also describes your latter end and my latter end. That would be verse, um, from verse 12. Now, talking about the righteous person, if you read from the beginning, verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. And that's my emphasis looking at this time. He said they will bear fruit in old age, they will be fresh and they will be flourishing. This is the picture that the Lord has in mind for you and I. This is the picture the Lord had in mind of. This was the picture the Lord had in mind for David. And I want you to take a look at this at the latter end of his life. Let's see. If this scripture became fulfilled, it became fulfilled on several fronts and in several instances. So what I want to look at today is his ability to draw courage and how in all days he was still bearing fruit. Amen. I hope you are tracking with me. This is the plan of God for your life. That in all days you will still be doing what? Bearing fruit. And one of the fruits that I believe the Lord will want you to still bear in all days is the fruit of courage. The aftermath of using or utilizing or, or taking courage, displaying courage, that is the fruit that the Lord will still want you to bear 
in old age. And you are not going to wait till you are old to bear that fruit. You are going to learn from now to bear that fruit. And when you get old age, it will still, you will still be fresh and flourishing. You will be producing these results. Amen. Flip with me again to Psalm 21. No, it's not Psalm. Just one Psalm 21. We want to take a look a bit at, uh, at uh, David and how he cultivated courage. He cultivated courage and um, he was able to bear fruit in his old age with the courage that he cultivated. Amen. I know there was a time I shared a particular joke and the son sent it to me. Uh, it was about a woman that was said she was, was faced with a problem or challenge. And she wanted to say, I come on courage. She said, I come on courage. I don't know how many of you saw that. <laughs> I don't know how many of you saw that thing. I'm going to share this with some people. And the woman was talking as if she was the one that, uh, you know, came about that one. She went the confidence in which she was Yoruba. Not just Yoruba, Mama Taleko kind of people. Some of you don't know Mama Taleko yet. I know Mama Taleko, let me see your hand. Okay, Taleko people, people that are in the market women, typical market women. Imagine a Yoruba market woman. You know, Yoruba market women are different. Then you know, <laughs> they are very different. You know, they take people who is the old body that they used to talk and, you know, it's super like that. So this woman was saying it like a typical Yoruba market woman, you know, with all confidence as if she was there when they gave birth to that world, or she was the one that gave birth to that world. And we'll come on courage. <laughs> That's what she said. Come on. You only have to say, I summon courage. You say you summon courage. That is, you, 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 you took courage. You, you took the bull by the horn. Instead of saying, I summon courage. I caught courage from where courage was to come and answer to it for this task. You said, I, I summon courage. So don't be summoning courage. I want you to learn to summon Courage. Now let's look at David from verse 15, 7 Samuel 21. When the Philistines were at war again with Israel, again, Philistines were the, I think they were the ones that fought from most with the Israelites. The Bible says, when they were at war again with Israel, David and his servants with him went down and fought against the Philistines. And David drew faith. Say he drew faith. Then he grew faith. David became tired. He became weakened. And rightfully so. He had been fighting from his youth, right? He was as a youth that he killed Goliath. He fought, he wasn't planning to kill Goliath, but it so happened. And ever since that time, he has been fighting. He had been a, 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 a fighter from his youth, like even Goliath said. You know, when David was facing Goliath. So he had been fighting his battles that even in the days of Saul, it was David that was leading them out. You remember, right? And they were thinking that David had killed 10,000 and Saul had killed thousands. Amen. Alright, so he had been fighting and so he was he was old at this time. He had advanced in age. On a good day, he wasn't supposed to be going to battle, but it is something that he had always done. So when they said they are coming again, they said, let's go again. We are ready for them. So verse 16 then, each people know who was one of the sons of the giant. The son of a giant, is he a giant or a dwarf? The son of a giant is what? A giant. The, 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 then each, each, each people know who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels. 
who was bearing a new son, thought he could kill David. Please, can we have this in the earlier We will not appreciate 300, uh, what's that now? 300 shekels. Amen. Verse 16, please. Daniel, can we have the other version? Okay. This Stephen, who was a descendant of the giant, his bronze spear weighed more than seven pounds, and he was armed with a new sword. He had cornered David and was about to kill him. Please run with us, Nidia. Um, thank you. But Abishai, son of Zeruah, came to his rescue and killed the Philistine. After that, now that is one person now. Somebody wanted to kill David. David was weak, and this guy would have killed David. He would have killed him. David was as good as gone. Thank God that he raised men, and that is where I'm coming to. Thank God that he had displayed courage before people before, and he had taught his men how to display courage. He had taught them how to act in spite of what? Fear. And he came to his rescue here. So one of his sons, one of the people he has raised, Abishai, came to his rescue and killed the giant, killed the Philistine. After that, David's men declared, you are not going out to battle again. Why should you risk knocking out the life of Israel? He told David at this point had become the light of Israel. NKJV says the lamp of Israel. Why should we risk the lamp of Israel, the one that lightens everywhere? He has become like that. He has become a general. That even if he does not fight the battle, the fact that you know he's at home, is he was pumping at the and into the people. That is that where they are the enemies, they go, you are killing them, you know, like that. Just because if he was alive and well, he has become like that. So why should we risk snuffing out the life of Israel? Just say, we go to battle with us anymore, when they see this. After this, there was another battle against the Philistines that God, as they fought, the baker from Usha killed Saf, that's another of some of the David's sons. The baker from Usha killed Saf. This Saf is another descendant of the giant. So this is a descendant of the giant who in his right would have been a giant. Are you tracking with me? Now that's the number two giant that the men of David killed. In still another battle and God. When you hear this, I hope you are seeing your line. That God is not tired of allowing you come or allowing challenges come your way. God did not have that. They killed you. Let this be the end. The Bible says there is still another battle. And you know, before this one, before David came to this age, before several battles too, that God did not say you are not going to fight. God made him go through the battle. But the Lord was with him. There is still another battle that God, Elhanan, the son of Jai from Bethlehem, kills the brother of Goliath of Gath. This is another of David's son, killing yet another giant. The handle of this giant's spear was as thick as the river's face. Verse 26. In another battle with the Philistines at Gath, a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, a descendant of the giant. I hope you are receiving strength and energy. These are our family members. These are people that pass on the baton to somebody, to somebody, to somebody that passes on to us. Amen. This is how we roll in our families. This is how we roll in our lineage. 
The Lord does not, when he needs to shield us from a challenge, he will shield us from it. But when he doesn't need to shield us from it, he doesn't shield us from it. You see in quick succession here, and this picture was put here for you and I, so that we can receive energy and receive strength. He was giant couple. They were not even fighting ordinary battles. They were fighting with who? Giants. They were dealing with very difficult situations. God did not sandwich a small one or sandwich giants in between small ones. You face more problems, then bring the big one, then give them the small one. Back to back years, they were coming against challenges. Big, huge, giant challenges. Okay? Have we read verse 20? Okay, um, did we do 20? Yes, okay. Okay, so 21 says, the five and sunset, that is that person, the five and sunset Israel. But he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shimei. Amen. Verse 22 says, These four Philistines were descended from the giants of God. In case you did not catch it, that they were giants. And so the Bible put everything together to say these people were giants. They were descended from the giants of God, meaning they were giants in their own right too. But they were killed by David and his warriors. My question. Did David kill these people? But the Bible says here, they were killed by who? It wasn't even mentioned, killed by the warriors and their leader, David. The first name, some of us will get angry over that. I was the one that did all the work at the outreach yesterday. Why did I mention this, Sister Ruth? Right? And he should have said, Brother Jessica and Sister Uzo, then I'll be okay with that testimony. For mentioning the Saudi, maybe they didn't remember for them for yourself. And Brother Jessica. Somebody will be answered, but not Brother Jessica. Amen. For here, David, from the word go, he could have given those people an opportunity to unravel them and destroy them because he was weak. And you know, they said the chain, and he's not the same, it's true. The chain is as strong as it was, weakened. If David had fallen in battle, you know that the way that when people are playing football and then a, a team calls, there's just an excitement that produces energy to say we will, you just sit out of a sudden, the press, the push, the pressure on the thing that is not, that they scored against, it, it just rises. Once they come on like this, they want to quickly do that, do back to back, let's go another one quickly. Do you understand? If David has been killed from the beginning of this battle, you know that probably all his men would have been out and they would have gone back home. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Philistines would have gained energy at the fact that we killed their, their, their master. They would have probably killed him. So David was actually a liability, quote and unquote, on them in that on this particular battle. He was their weakest point. But then they said what a one of them could handle the situation and kill the person that was about to kill him. So at the end of the day, see what the scripture is saying. That these people fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servant. Why is the credit, or why was the credit given to David in this place? It was, it was because David had learned to encourage himself. He had learned to summon courage, and he had not only learned it from himself, for himself, he had demonstrated it such that he could raise giant killer. If you learn to be bold and brave, if you learn to be courageous, you will give birth to multiple victories. And so the way to go is not to run away from challenges and difficult situations. 
the way to go is to stay and try to confront this thing and give birth to a miracle with the help of God. And try to give birth to a victory with the help of God. Because what? If you give birth to one, it becomes easier to give birth to more people. David killed Goliath and then he raised some that were killing Goliath after him. When he was old and could not fight again, he had raised people that had watched their fathers fight this battle. And so the sons were not running away from battle. They were running to battle. And on that day, they came to his rescue. My charge to you this morning is that you will learn to fight the battles of life. All that there is in life is not about battle fighting. Don't get me wrong. But we do fight battles. Life is to be enjoyed. John 10 10. The Lord says, The thief, the thief comes to do what? Kill, kill, and to destroy. But he has come that we might have what? Life and have it in abundance. Enjoy life. That is what God wants for you. He wants you to be surrounded as a man. You are the head of the table. You are surrounded by your children. Your wife is by your side. Everybody is going like a fruitful vine. You know, everything is going beautifully and beautifully. The Lord does want that for you and I. But in between, something we get sandwiched, or our life gets sandwiched with challenges, with troubles, with giants. And what the Lord is saying, these giants are for your taking. You need to save these giants, you need to bring them down. So if you, if whatever, everything that you will do to summon courage, everything that you will do to be a man and a woman of courage, if you learn it early enough, and you learn it with a good attitude, it will produce for you. Amen. Still in your old age, because you have learned it, and the truth is, when we go through things, people are watching you. People are watching how you handle challenges. When you are handling challenges like a coward and you are shouting, you know, my father, my mother is going to help me, you know, and you are not running to the battle and saying, God, whatever it will take, I'm holding on to your promise and I know that you will come through for me. If you are not quick to do that, if you are not learning increasingly to rest upon God and trust with God, people are watching you also. There are people that are learning from you. For one, if you are an adult in the community, younger children are watching you, they are close to you, and they can see what's going on in your life. If you are a parent, your children are watching you. They are watching you, and it's either you are teaching them to be giant slayers, or you are teaching them to be men and women that retreat when it's when it part to become, become the author. May you receive grace this morning in the name of Jesus to be giant players so that you can raise up giants too in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want us to look a bit at something um, as regards courage. We, 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 we started this a week back. And the topic, like I said, is courage based in fear. The truth is there is no courage, there is no talk about courage without fear. If fear is absent, we cannot talk about courage. Courage says, don't call me if there is no fear. If you are calling courage, the fear of the necessity must be in attendance. That is how it works. Courage does not work where there is no fear. It works in the midst of fear. And I think the last time I was here, we looked a bit at uh, the life of Joshua. How Moses became, became dead, yes, correct English, right? David died, and uh, I said, yes, sorry, who wonder it sounded like that? Moses became dead, and the baton for leadership was handed over to who? To Joshua. And the first thing the Lord said to Joshua, 
the, the first assignment ever was to take the people of Israel to cross Jordan River. Now you may want to say, but why don't you remove this Jordan River? Why don't you just let the thing they crossed it? They went through it. God did not take away that. God did not discover another path or route for them to take. They were to walk through that difficult situation, that challenging situation, you know, staring them like this in the face. That was the first assignment. Imagine you become an accidental leader. There's a book like that, Accidental Leadership. You become a leader. You didn't plan for it. Nobody was doing succession plan for you. It wasn't as if they were doing something when they were already raising you up. They were already training you that you are the second in command. So when um, the Prosperla is no longer leading the outreach team, since it now becomes that who does come to lead it. They are not, they're not planned something like that out for you. All of a sudden, God just said the praise unto me and Prosperla has to vacate because he has been separated unto the Lord for some other assignment. And then the reward because just fell on Emmanuel Emanuela. He's a part of outreach team, right? We just look at who is part of our ministry, the sentence are all the names, and it's okay, Emmanuela, Emmanuela, and the baton has been passed on to man. And then his first assignment wasn't even something to know. He was take the people to cross the Jordan River. And the Lord said to Joshua again and again, you know, if we see, let, let's look at Deuteronomy or media, please let's have it, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. And the Lord was giving it as that instruction to to Joshua, through Moses, the Lord said to him, and we see the same thing repeated in Joshua 1 9. In verse 6 of Deuteronomy 31, the Lord, through Moses, was saying to Joshua, He said, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you, He will not forsake you. When this was when Moses was still alive, God told him about the need for courage. After Moses passed on, the Lord himself came to Joshua and he said to him again in verse 6 of Joshua 1, You need courage. Verse 9, You need courage. When the Lord is singing courage, or the word of God is singing courage to you again and again and again, or making mention of something in multiple times, it just shows the importance of such a thing. He said to Joshua, This assignment, this task, you will need courage. And what the Lord said to Joshua years ago, thousands of years ago, he still says to you and I today, the need for courage is still very high. We need courage. You and I need courage. In the Nigeria of today, you need courage. You need to be strong-hearted. You need to be, you need to be one that if your resolve is high to trust the Lord, your resolve is high to say the devil will not have the final say when it comes to my issue. He will not have the last laugh. What has the word of God said concerning me? That is what is going to be established in my life. You know, courage is something that emanates from the heart. Courage is, is deeply seated in the heart. It is a thing of the heart. It's not something that is in somebody's head. And you know, it's possible for us to mix up um, courage with faith. I, I hope we can get into that. If that is the only thing we can do today, we will do it and then we will move on from here the next time I'm here. Courage is not the same thing as faith. I want you to say it to yourself. I can be I can be a man or woman of faith and still lack courage. That is the truth. You can have faith and then you still lack what? Courage. We said earlier on that courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is 
the mastery of fear. It is your mastery fear. And courage can be needed in several fronts where you see fear manifested. Fear is manifested in several ways. People have fear of failure. Failure as a business, failure as being a, 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 a wife, failure as being a husband, failure as being a boss at work or maybe in church to lead a particular thing. People have fear of, will I lead this work very well? Will I be a good leader of this particular thing? You have fear of failure. People have fear of rejection. People in business, can I see your hands up? You are in business. You, you bring your business or your product to someone. You have the fear of will they accept this product or not? Fear of rejection is there. Or will you allow it to, 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 to demobilize you and not allow you to move forward? No. So we have fear of rejection. We have fear of failure. We have fear of loss. We have fear of a loss. Fear of death is high for several people. Fear of uh, being out of job and being without resources, fear of being thrown out on the streets, I don't have a place to call a home, I don't have roof over my head. All of us, all of us have different fears. Fears of will I get married, will I not get married, will my husband be a faithful husband, or will he be the one that will be cheating? You know, we have fears. But we don't allow our fears to hold us down. And these fears don't come at you once, and then um, they don't come at you once, and then they, they, they don't come again. It's not true. When we were pregnant, I don't know how many people were here. If you ever had a fear of giving birth to an albino, let me see your hands up. <laughs> you never had. But some people had fear of high push and fast. My mother is telling me prayer on albino. I said, from where to where now? <laughs> where will I albino? Where to enter into this matter? Eh? There is no yellow person like that in your family. There is no yellow person in your family. So where will I be? Even people that have yellow people don't have uh, fear. But you know, that was a fear that was being projected on me. You know, not intentionally. She meant good. So we have lots of fear. So if you fear and you allow your fear to take a hold of you, at the end of the day, you will not do anything. You won't do anything. Fear demoralizes, it demobilizes. But there is a difference between courage and Faith, and one of the ways that you can quickly uh, see the difference between courage and faith is that we look at the scriptures that talk about courage and faith. Let's look at that um, Joshua 31, no, no, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 again. He says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid. We see in this scripture, it says to you, Have courage, don't have fear. So you see the opposite of courage is what? Fear. Meanwhile, if you look at faith, it's not the same. We can look at, uh, let's look at Mark 11, 22 and 24, where faith was mentioned. And then you will see some other thing. The scripture will tell you, have faith, have faith, but don't have faith. And that's how you know the, you know the opposite of the world. Uh, Mark 11, 22 and 24. 22 says, so Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The scripture says, Do not doubt. That's what another that's 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. 
So the opposite of faith is what? Is doubt. That is how you know the difference between the two. Somebody, a, a, a Christian can have faith for and yet lack courage. Courage or faith is the presence of fear. How do you handle fear? I can have faith, for instance, that God can do all things. God can do plenty things. God can help me. You know, like that scripture that we looked at two or three weeks ago, when Jonathan was, um, Jonathan and his armor bearer were, you know, they, they went to war, they decided, let's go and let's go to this Philistine, let's see if God will give us victory, because we know that God is able to save whether by a few or by many. He decided to take initiative, amen. He, he moved, he took a step, in spite of, was he not afraid? He was afraid. He had fear. But in spite of the fear, he moved out to do something. You might be sitting here today to have fear. In spite of your fear, God expects you to move out and do things. God expects you to be courageous. And it is not for today alone, it will be for forever. You need to be someone that is someone courage per second per second. Because the world that we are in, Jesus said in this world you will have what? Tribulation. You will have challenges. He said, I've not asked the Father to take you out. We need to start getting used to solving problems. At times I'll get a call from someone who said we've been having issues with this. I said, that's what we are paying you for. If there are no issues again in your office, you'll be out of job. That is the truth. And we need to rise up to it. We can't just be in the office and pressing for drinking tea. There is nothing to solve. They will look for work for you to solve. They will look for that is what work is about. So when we, you know, you are scrubbing this and you are finishing this and another one is coming, that is the deal we signed up for at work. And it's the same with life. We are here to solve problems. We are here to say to the to, 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 to say to us the doubt fear out of my way because I'm crossing this audience. Amen. We don't move back. We move forward in spite of what we see. So you have a difference between courage and faith. You can be a person of faith, but you need to develop courage. The Bible commands us to have faith. And that is where the challenge is. If we are commanded to do what? Have faith. But you are not commanded by the Bible says to us in Hebrews 11, without faith it is impossible to please God. And so, Christians, I think we can't do without faith. So people look for faith. They, we develop our faith very well because we are commanded to have faith. But when it comes to courage, it is not a command. It is not that if you don't do it, you will not be able to please God. And so people can choose to go for it or not go for it. But if you must make it in life, if you must grow, if you must take territory, if you must be productive, if you must be effective, if you don't have courage, you might have faith, you won't take anything. You won't take any territory. You won't take any ground. You won't record victory. You will not go through growth. When children go through growth spots, do you know it's usually challenging for them? Growth spots for mothers that have raised children, you know, at times they are sitting. And it becomes really, uh, you know, the gum is itchy. They become uncomfortable. Some of them are crying. They don't understand what's happening to them. Some of them want to walk, and then some people start stooling when it's time for them to, to start trying to walk. It is called growth spot. A time when they just jump in growth. It comes with challenges. It doesn't come easy. And it's the same with our spiritual work also. Times that we jump, that you take a, a, a leap of faith, 
you jump across and suddenly you find yourself on the other side and you are looking back and like, wow, God has done this for me. I have this badge already. It is because you decided to be courageous. You decided to embrace a very difficult situation. You did not run away from me. Some people pray that trouble and challenges. I don't you know, don't come their way. We actually don't pray. How many of you have prayed for trouble? We don't pray. But trouble locates us. It locates us. And not the trouble to, to kill you. It's not the trouble to destroy you. Um, what's his name? Joseph said to his brothers, he said, you people planned it for evil, but God meant it for my good. He crossed something. If you look at the life of Joseph alone, what he went through, he was challenging upon challenging. In his father's house, he had issues with his brother. He didn't have people to confide in. I doubt if anybody else in the same place with him. I doubt if they played, you know, with him. Because at the early stage, that enmity was already set between them. He had that, and then eventually they sold him off. He got to this person's house. The wife was troubling him again. He got into prison. He said, Don't forget me. They forgot me. You know, challenges. So in all of those things, he became stronger. When he gave birth to his first child, he said, I learned to forgive. I learned to forget. He had become stronger. He had become tougher. And he was able to give birth to more. He was able to become fruitful. But the next son, he named him was fruitfulness. You forget the past. Not that he didn't go through. He went through the challenges. But he grew, he grew in his muscles. He grew in his muscles. He grew in, in his ability to trust the Lord, to depend upon the Lord, not to cry and say, God, you know, even Jesus, who is our model, cried before the Lord. He said, it's impossible. Remove these things from me. But if it is your will, let me go through it. We must get to that level also. Where you, you trust God enough to say, God, you know, I don't, I, I don't like this thing. It is challenging for me. It's tough for me. You know, if I have my way, I will want to circumvent it, go round it, maybe not go on top of it. But if the Lord says to you, you have to go through it, you have to embrace this thing, then so be it. Because in doing it, you will grow. Even when you go through it and it looks as if you have not passed, if it looks as if you have failed, you will have a story to tell. You will have a story to say, this is not this is not how to do this particular thing. And it is better than the person that has not gone through it at all. What I'm saying this morning is that if we begin to get accustomed, we begin to get used to going through challenges. Amen. We begin to allow the greater one that is on the inside of us rise up when we are confronted with issues. Instead of trying to say, you know, uh, let me look for how to go ahead, you know, circumvent this thing, not go through it, not face it, or we are pretending not to see the thing. There are challenges that the Lord has put your name on, and they will come and they will locate you. It is important for us to embrace them. It is not enough that circumstances and the situation that the Lord will remove these things away from us. And he does not make God a bad God. He is a good God. He is a good God. He is good to you. He is good to myself. God is good. Amen. So courage and faith are different. We shouldn't confuse them. I can be a person of faith and not be a person of courage. Courage is the ability to do that thing that frightens you. That thing that gets you, that gets you afraid. Courage is the ability to still go ahead and do it. 
with fear and trepidation. And we have, you know, we have uh, scriptures, we have people that have gone ahead of us and they have demonstrated all of these things for us. We have in the scriptures, you know. I want you to let, let me show you a couple concerning, let me show you a couple like uh, for, for Apostle Paul. Uh, open to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2. And then we'll read 2 Corinthians 7 and 5. 7 verse 5. Paul did a whole lot in the scriptures. That is one person that we can look at and we'll say was a daring person, was a bold person. He could go through the thick and the thin, nothing fake thing. But he said, when I came, I came in fear and trepidation. He wasn't as everything was smooth for me on the inside. I was quaking, I was afraid inside. So I did what I needed to do. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and, uh, 1 and 2. And he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech, to uh, excellent, excellence of speech, or of a wisdom, or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of, of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and Him crucified. Verse 3 says, And I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Some of that scripture says, In fear. Apostle Paul, who had fear. You know, how many of us would believe that? You remember when he was supposed to go to, where was he supposed to go to? And they came and told him, If you go to this place, you go to Jerusalem, the only thing that is waiting for you in that place is bombs. They are going to put you in bond. They are going to put you in prison. You know, people to prison still are giving you today. Was well, it supposed to go to the inside? Maybe he didn't listen. Was well, that the only thing told him? You know, prophecy came. Agabus came, mighty prophet, tied himself with the bell and said, "God hear the Lord. It's because we have to the owner of this bell." You know, what was just supposed? Prison? Don't say ah. God has already told you all that. Don't say it. Jesus has told me I'm going to stand before people and stand before authority figures in that state. So even if bond or bondage is waiting for me, prison is waiting for me, I will go. Apostle when he was going into prison, how did you think we got the scripture? Some of the scriptures I read. He was in prison when he wrote those scriptures. I don't want you to appreciate the things that we go through. When we are going to let ask God for strength, let's ask. But don't look at yourself as who has bewitched me, who have I offended, who is on my case. The only person on your case is God. The devil tries to get on your case, but the truth is, he really can't do much. Once you watch yourself and you see that you are not in sin, once you can, you are persuaded that this is of God, this is not coming to you as a result of sin, then take it in good faith and learn what you should learn. If I was before I know God to prison, we will not have some of the scriptures that we have today. The most majority of those scriptures in the prison. God does bring something good and excellent and perfect out of what we view and we call imperfect and bad. Because we can realize that this generation of Christians that we have, the devil can do some small things and collect salvation from several people. If you are not well taught, if you are not balanced in the ways of the Lord, if anything can throw some stones, gravels on your way, and then you just say it like that person that can tell people, I appreciate the person's sincerity. Now, I ask this small thing, God cannot do. Then I don't think this God is worth having. Let's just go. I know another person that says, I will just become a Muslim. Because I don't understand what God is doing. We've been calling and crying and crying, we should do this thing, not true. Let me just put my book to the other side. 
some people, if you are not, if you are not fully grounded in God, know that God is good. Whether He comes through for you, when you expect Him to come through or not, there are some rock bottom trust and confidence that you must have in God. Even when the devil, the evil children said, we are not careful to listen or respect you or do what you want. Oh King, our God will do what He will step us, and they also balance it. And if he chooses not to, we will not bow. Some Christians that we are raising today, what's the name of that other lady that was kidnapped? Try to remember her name yesterday. Leah or yes, Leah Schweiz. Okay. Some people if they are caught today, because the truth is for you to be a Christian, some things not just be you will not be balanced. You need to be able to ask yourself. If I'm caught today and they say, um, deny Jesus and live, or hold on to Jesus and die, what will you say? Quite the number of people here, their answer will be God for me. That's not the, it's not the option. You are writing down now A and B. Deny Jesus, live, uh, um, hold on to Jesus and die. Several people here will be saying, excuse me, sir, it's over question number 35. There is no answer, no answer there, sir. No answer. They said, they put A and B. People are looking for, people are looking for, not for me. How could they happen to be a Christian? They cannot, uh, every, uh, every, we found one that father against me, shall not prosper. That is what some people are looking for as an option in that question. But it's not part of the option. And as a Christian, you need to get to that point. That is why also when people are getting married, you say to them, if for instance you find your husband in bed with my best friend, your sister, God forbid, what will you do? Some people, I can't imagine it. They will say, Pastor, let us go past that way. No happens to me. We're not saying it will happen. But you need to get to a place where you settle some things in your heart already. If some of these things are settled before people go into marriage, they won't be going to be divorced for. Because, like when I'm thinking of let memory set, love has never led any couple to the divorce court. If at least one of them has the original version of love, they won't find themselves there. The husband does it. Are you willing to forgive and say, let's go? Is it easy? No. But can it be done? Yes. Does God want you to do it? Yes. If God did not forgive us, He won't come back and love us again. And even after He loved us, that Jesus still rose from the dead, several people have still not said yes to me. Is He killing them? No. They are even the ones that live the longest. You know, people say, I do like this. Bad people that are always here. If the good people, they go fast. Because God is giving them an opportunity to say yes, giving them a long rope to hang up on. If you are a woman, you want to marry, and if you settle this, and if something like this happens, we will have a discussion. Why? And if the man is truly repentant and genuine, we will continue. I will forgive and say, let's go. It's not easy for this can be done. Have people done it? Yes. Plenty of people have done it. And they are together. And the family is working stronger. But when people um, do God forbid, it will not happen to me. They are not, you are not facing reality. You need to ask yourself, if I'm looking for a child, if God does not give me this child, will I still serve God or will I leave him? If I'm looking for a house or payment of a house or rent, if God does it for me the time I want, and if he doesn't do it, will you be robbed? Will you reduce your, your, your devotion, your commitment for God or not? 
you know, uh, just leave it as it. The truth is, without courage, a lot of uh, display of love, of affection, of commitment that we see, we will not see. Somebody said, courage is, courage is not just a virtue. It's not just one of the Christian virtues. It says it is a form that all Christian virtues take when it is at its point of test. When it is at a point where that, that demand is made of you, whether to you know uh, to show that you really love this person or not love that person, it is courage. That virtue called love becomes what at that point? Courage. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus said to, to, to Peter, he said, you will deny me. That time of denial, if he did deny Jesus, we would say he loved Jesus, right? But so, what was in contention at that point in time was the virtue called what? Love. Love is the virtue that was under scrutiny, that was being tested, right? Do you love your master? That the virtue is love. But at that point of where they put God on his neck and say, if you deny Jesus, you will you don't deny Jesus, you will die. At that point, that virtue called love becomes what? Courage. So someone said, courage is not, a, it's not just one of the Christian virtues. It is the part that all other virtues take when they get to the point of being tested. All other virtues are doing that form of courage. Commitment between husband and wife. God forbid, husband is become an invalid writer. Will the wife live stay with him or leave him? Courage. That is what comes into play. Commitment is what is being questioned. But that commitment at its highest level of test becomes what? Courage. Will you go ahead? In the face of this fear, in the face of this pain or this loss, will you go ahead? That is courage. So everything, courage is important. You have a business. We do go on with it or not go on with it. When it becomes too tough, when it becomes you are not making profit, like that we you are not making profit with plantain, we switch to what? To sweet potato. Instead of leaving my customer and saying, you are not paying me anymore, so I will leave. So at that point, I will be here for you. So that when the season of plantain comes, we will, we will make Money that time. But right now, I'm making so much money, I will stay with you. That is commitment to your business. But it is courage that will make you stay with you. And so, if you look at several virtues, it becomes the second form of courage when sex comes to that particular virtue. Courage is necessary. The Lord is available to all his people. God does not want us to be taught to and fro. He doesn't want you to put your way. God's help is available to you, but the Lord also, while sometimes we are, we are looking for God or waiting for God or expecting to come through for us, the Lord is also expecting us to come through in some instances. In some instances, the Lord is expecting you to be bold. He's expecting you to take initiative, take initiative and just step out. And like I said, um, growth, Christian growth, spiritual growth, Effectiveness in time and in eternity is hinged on courage. If you want to be effective, if you want to have spiritual growth, you will need to embrace more courage. Because if you don't, you just realize that if you are you keep embracing things that are cheap and easy, you will 
not do anything strong in life. Amen. You will not do anything of work in life. Because what the enemy wants and what lack of embracing um, courage does is it just makes you occupied. It makes you exist, exist and you don't live. Every opportunity to, um, to dodge challenges or dodge becoming courageous leaves you as just an ordinary person. Your name will not be heard, and that's not your portion in Jesus' name. All the people we read about this morning, if they did, if they did step forward, in spite of the fear that they had, that they had, you know who had their names in the Bible. So growth, promotion, effectiveness in the kingdom, they come wearing a cover of called what? Fear. But you must be able to look at it and still go through in spite of the fear. We are not denying fear. We are only saying we allow the Lord to walk towards in spite of fear. Amen. We will take on the word of God and next week we'll look at some of the ways that we, that we develop courage. We don't deny fear, but we, we accept fear and then we move forward to productive in spite of it. We are listening now for the initiatives that the Lord wants to give you, the, the counsel, the instruction that the Lord wants to go to say to you so that you can go forward in life. Amen. This week again, therefore, there's going to be, going to be challenges. There will be things that will come your way. And may the Lord help you to keep courage again and again in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to bow your head and talk to the Lord this morning. Ask the Lord to help you as you go through the week in the name of Jesus. That you will say yes. You will say yes. You will say to the Lord, I want to see you come through for me. I want to, I want to hear you speak to my heart what you would have me do. I will not be quick to say God is not coming to my head, is not coming to my hell. You will ask for the help of God. You will pray and you will expect his help. Pray that the Lord will help you to be a courageous man, be a courageous woman this week in the name of Jesus. Pray that the Lord will help you not to entertain fear. Even when fear comes, you will be able to rise up and say, the greater one lives on the inside of me. And you will pay attention to that greater one. You will pay attention to the Holy Spirit saying to you, this is the way to go, what there is. In spite of your fear, that, that scripture that we read in 2 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2 says, I was in your midst, you were speak. Said I was in your midst with trembling. So this week also, we are going to go forward. In spite of the fear, in spite of the uncertainty, you are going to go forward this week. Once you can hear the voice of God, you just pray that the Lord will help you to be at peace so that you can hear Him when He's speaking to you. Once you can ascertain that it is the Lord, the next thing to do is to go ahead with that counsel that He's given you, with that idea that He's given you. You are going to go ahead and not run back. We are running to the battle. We want to achieve things. We want to come back next week and say, yes, I was able to overcome this. I was able to do this other one in the name of Jesus. There are things that the Lord has been marked for you to conquer and to do this week. Pray that the Lord will help you to see them. You will not hear about them and you will chicken out and say, no, maybe I didn't hear. Every ground that God wants you to stay, every territory that He wants you to conquer this week, I want you to declare, Lord, help me. Make me bold. Make me brave. In the name of Jesus, help me to be encouraged. Help me to encourage myself in you. Let me know that you that you were with me when I feel the lion, when I feel the bear, you will be with me as I go after the Goliath of this week. In the name of Jesus, pray that the Lord will help you. In the name of Jesus.
Father, we thank you for this day. We appreciate you. Thank you for bringing us your word. And thank you, Lord, for staring us up in our hearts, helping us to know that one thing is sure. Your love for us remains the same. And as we go through this week, Lord, I declare that we go through as victor, we go through as conqueror in the name of Jesus. All the ground that you have been marked for us to lay hold of this week, Father, we lay hold of them, we conquer them for you and for your glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.